Welcome to the Torah Journey Podcast. My name is Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and I've been a community rabbi for over 15 years. During that time, I've learned that the wisdom of Judaism is powerful, but it's not always easy to understand. Our weekly podcast will enrich your journey and give you practical advice about how to apply the wisdom of Judaism to your life. We'll offer you insights based on the Parsha, current events, the Jewish year, and more. This is the Torah Journey Podcast. It is wonderful to be here with you today. Last week, I referenced a TikTok video in which a young woman explained her view that all men are misogynist. And according to the speaker in the video, when a woman enters a relationship with a man, she is, by definition, entering a relationship with an oppressor, as all males have misogyny brainwashed into them. Deciding to date a male is deciding to date your oppressor. And a self-aware man knows that he is brainwashed, she says. This is the sacrifice that women make when they date men. Now, the amazing thing for me about seeing this video is not the content itself, but the fact that witnessing such a sentiment in society today is not surprising. We've seen this kind of thinking for some time now. This is a secular story of original sin, where a group of people or society are believed to be tainted irredeemably with some sin, be it sexism, racism, and there's essentially no way out. Individuals, too, who offend can be believed to be irredeemable. And the notion of original sin is important. It's a core Christian idea and interpretation of the Hebrew Bible, but it also touches upon important theological issues that we need to think about as Jews. What is the notion of original sin and how does it align with Judaism? If there are both secular and religious stories of original sin, what is the meaning of this tendency to see human beings as fundamentally tainted? In today's Torah Journey podcast, we'll explore the Jewish view of man in contrast with some notions of original sin. And I raise this now because we are starting to read the story of Abraham. As we think about Abraham, we behold a pristine moment. Sure, there are moments where the Torah or our sages point out flaws of Avraham Avinu, but as you well know, Avraham is overwhelmingly good. From heeding God's command of Lech Lecha to his kindness for the Malachian angels, praying for his enemies, doing tzedakah and mishpat, righteousness and justice, and going to battle for his estranged brother-in-law, Lot. If you want to find a good man in the Bible, it doesn't get much better than Avram Avinu. There is a reason that he is the father of our people. Perhaps the pinnacle comes at the end of our Parsha, when Hashem commands Avram and Brismila circumcision. When Avram was 99 years old, the Torah says, Hashem appeared to Avram and said to him, Ani kel shakai, hisalech lefanai v'hayetamim. I am El Shaddai, walk before me and be perfect. Walk before me and be perfect. What greater testimony could we find to Avraham and mankind's potential? What is the implication of this? Do we even know what it means to walk before God and to be perfect of all things? The passage evokes a sense that man is, or at least can be, very, very good. And in a sense, this command of bris mila is an answer to one of the fundamental problems of human existence, which is the Yetzir Hara. 
the Yetzirah Ra's, the idea of man being inclined towards physicality toward, for its own sake or towards some negative traits. We are pulled towards money, acquisition, sex, honor, even when these things are not appropriate or warranted or permitted. With brismila, circumcision, Avram is commanded to seal the covenant with God into his flesh. He is to know and walk with God in the most sensual parts of his life. The very, sexu- the very location of the sexual urge, then, is a place of knowing God. Recall, though, that early Christians roundly rejected the command of circumcision, starting with the Apostle Paul. Paul was born Jewish, and yet he embraced Jesus after Jesus' lifetime. And Rabbi Jonathan Sachs discusses Paul in his work, A Letter in the Scroll. Rabbi Sachs explains that Paul was troubled by the Yetzirah. Paul felt that the Yetzirah is overwhelming. Sin, he argued, was brought into the world by one man. And if one man can bring sin into the world, well, so too one man can eliminate it from the world. And Rabbi Sachs explains that in Paul's view, the death of Jesus, quote, was a sacrificial offering that cleanses humanity of the burden of guilt. In his death, the law died, and with its sin, the new covenant speaks to the mind, not the body, the spirit, not the flesh, end quote. In Paul's world, the circumcision of the male body is not helpful, and it needs to be replaced by the metaphorical circumcision of the heart. And so, in essence, Paul advanced the idea that there is an original sin that taints mankind. It cannot really be overcome. The only antidote is faith. Obviously, the original sin doctrine is not a Jewish idea, but you might ask, is there not an original sin idea in Jewish thought as well? In fact, if you read the Derech Hashem, for example, or Moshe Chaim Lutzato's great work, he describes the steep fall of Adam resulting from the sin of eating from the Eitz Hadas, the tree of knowledge. The Ramchal presents the idea that prior to the sin, man was in a more idyllic state with less connection to sin. When man sinned that first time, he increased evil both in himself and in creation. And these words or ideas in the Ramchal are not seen as controversial in the Jewish world by any means, there are a myriad of Kabbalistic sources that support this line of thinking. So do we not see then that the Jewish people too believe in original sin? And the truth is that Ramchal and others believed that the sin of the Eitz tree of knowledge, had great implications. However, their formulation of this idea is radically different than Christianity. In Kabbalistic thought, when Adam was created in Gan Eden, he existed in a more idyllic state, albeit with a Yetzirah, an inclination towards evil. In that state, man was a more spiritual being than the kind of coarse physical body being that we are today. Adam had a choice between good and evil, and he chose to sin in that moment And he did deepen his relationship with sin and evil. For example, if a person never stole money before and then they steal once, well, now they've done an act of theft. They have deepened their relationship with theft 
embedding it more deeply within themselves. Likewise, when Adam, man, turned away from the word of God, Adam integrated a deeper connection with evil into us, leading us to a more physical life outside of Gan Eden. And no doubt, following the sin, we have a more complex path towards the life of Olam Habav, the world to come. But having said all that, Ramchal and Jewish tradition make it clear that man still has the very same potential that he had prior to the sin, though we do need to die before attaining eternal life, as Ramchal explains. But what's more, man is not tainted or sullied or negative. We just have these two strong forces within us. We are drawn to both good and to evil. In Midrashic literature, in fact, the Yitzhahara is presented as a good thing, as being tov ma'od, very good. It motivates us to be creative in life. And so if we are on the one hand competitive, we are also striving to produce and be creative. And far from being tainted or sullied, man is simply engrossed in physicality. No doubt we're tempted to sin. But we're not bad, as it were. We have both good and evil at our disposal. Far from rejecting the mitzvot, Judaism affirms the commands of God as we walk in a path where a person can go grow ever closer to Hashem. By doing mitzvot, good actions, by acquiring good mitos, attributes, we integrate God's light into ourselves throughout our life. That is such a foundational idea in all of Ramchal's writings. Do a chesed for someone and you will ingrain that kind nature into your being. We infuse our souls with the light of God through mitzvah actions. And this idea of infusing God's light within us is core, not only to Ramchal's writings, but of course to rabbinic literature. Avraham was the ultimate example of attaching yourself to God. And as Ramchal discusses at length in Derech Hashem, every person can attach themselves to that root of Avraham. When I was at my daughter's wedding in August, I met a young man by the name of Miguel who grew up in the Miami area where he literally had no connection to the Jewish community. And yet, in spite of coming from a completely non-Jewish world, he is about to convert to Judaism as he looks forward to a Jewish future for himself and his family. And so every person really can attach themselves to that root. Now, circumcision is the perfect illustration of how Judaism approaches life, as we believe that sex is not merely an outlet, but can be a great mitzvah. A man is commanded to fulfill conjugal relations with his wife. The first Mishnah Yoma teaches us that the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, was required to be married in order to serve as Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur. Now, think of the contrast between that Mishnah and the idea of the celibate priest in the Catholic Church. Man has it in his power, according to Judaism, to cling to the light of God through his most physical of actions, even sex, even eating, even sleeping. Paul was correct about the sin of eating from the tree of knowledge being very consequential, but the similarities between Judaism and Pauline thought pretty much stop there. Now, let's go back to this verse. What is the notion of Avraham 
walking before God and being tamim, being perfect. Rashi quotes Onkelos who says, Plach kadamai, worship before me, cling to my service and be perfect. Rashi adds, Stand in all of the tests that I give unto you. What we see in Avraham is this idea of walking with God in a real way in the real world. Avraham was called upon to uproot his life for a new land where he would have to start again. And from there, he stood in more nisyonos, more challenges from building places of worship, to fighting against the enemies of Lot, to building a household whom he led in the Derech Hashem, the way of God. Circumcision is a culmination of all of this, and it sheds light on everything that's happened until now in Avram's life. In the most sensual part of Avram's flesh, he learns to perceive God. His relationship with God is not limited to calling out in the name of God, but is sealed in the flesh of daily life. And it's cut in the flesh of his skin that makes him a father. Indeed, right after he is given this mitzvah, Avram is called Av Hamon Goyim, the father of many nations. It is through the bris that Avram becomes a father, a leader for others. What we emerge with is an incredibly positive view of man. Avram was not the perfect person in the sense of absolute perfection, and yet the Torah says, be perfect, strive for, for, for perfection. On a similar note, in one short verse in Devarim 18, the Torah says, Tamim tiya You are to be perfect with Hashem, your God. We're commanded to be wholehearted in our service of God. And so too, in Bracious, Avram is to be perfect, wholehearted, wholly devoted to God in all aspects of life. And this is the magic of Judaism. Whether you are working at your business, eating breakfast, or engaging in intimate life, real-life actions can be infused with the light and sanctity of knowing God. But what do we make of the more negative views of man that are so common in our world, be it religious or secular notions of original sin? When I heard this young woman I referenced from the TikTok video talking so negatively about all men, I felt badly for her. A wild claim like all men are oppressors could only come from someone with a very limited view of the world. By contrast, this man from Miami, Miguel, whom I mentioned, became interested in Judaism through his Jewish girlfriend and her family. And he was telling me that prior to meeting them, he had never seen such strong family fabric as he encountered in the Torah community. Seeing generations of Jews gathered around one table was an entirely new experience for him. What we possess as a Jewish people is so unique. We have a system whereby we imbue ourselves in the world with God's light. It's unfortunate when so many young people in the world have not seen the beauty of the Jewish family. Chuppah, Kedushin, Mikvah. The Talmud in Yavamos teaches us that a man should love his wife as he loves himself and honor her even more. Honor her even more than himself. This teaching came long before the advent of modern feminism. Paul was overwhelmed by the Yetzirah, and Judaism does have a sober awareness of that part of our being, but unlike Paul and those who followed in his path, the Torah is deeply optimistic in its view of man. And so when you hear some of the negative voices that reverberate in our world, remember Avraham. God told him, walk before me 
and be perfect. This is the path he set before us. Stay connected to the optimistic path of Judaism. It's a path of human perfection that is available for you today, wherever you may live. I'm Ken Brodkin, and this is the Torah Journey Podcast.